So we are uh, in our third week of talking about this subject, loneliness. And um, I apologize in advance if you took a word cloud of all the things I've written here, loneliness would be like massively in the middle and large. So bear with me on that. But I think um, this topic we chose because number one, it's something that is uh, pervasive, I think, for all people our culture in particular today. And a part of church and community is addressing things like this. And so um, today I wanna to talk a little bit about a loneliness that is not just about us, right? If you ever Google lonely Jesus, you'll see a lot of really hilarious things. I did this this uh, week when I uh, wrote the email out and um, the picture you might've seen there is this photo of Jesus being comforted by Jesus, <laughs> which is an amazing trick if you can pull that off. And if we could do that, maybe we wouldn't have to talk about this, but uh, we can't do that. So if you also look, you'll see these links, these links, uh, just a couple examples. Jesus understands loneliness. Um, Jesus understands your loneliness. Jesus was lonely too. How Jesus beat loneliness. And I clicked on a few of them because I hate myself. And I have to say that I didn't find them very helpful, not very surprising. One person wrote in one of these links that Jesus was lonely because he was sinless. Can you imagine how lonely it is to be so sinless in a sinful world, right? Can you imagine how lonely it must be when you are so much better than everybody else? You know? I had this image of Jesus like riding on a donkey and there's crowds around him, but he has this vacant look in his eyes. He's like, no one can understand me. Like he's like a teenage emo Jesus. And maybe there's some truth to that, I don't know. But, you know, maybe there's like Einstein and, and he was lonely because everyone around him was so dumb. I guess that makes sense in some way, but I don't find it particularly useful being a very non-genius, average, uh, sinful human being as, as I am. So, forget about that kind of thinking about Jesus is lonely, right? I do think there is an interesting question by extension to ask whether or not Jesus or God was ever lonely. And I think this is an interesting question to ask, an interesting thread to pull on because, um, not just because it's kind of religiously subversive in, in a nerdy way, which I like, but also but because we can learn something about who we are as human beings and what it means to be human by exploring it, right? In the story of creation, the first account in Genesis, there are two actually, if you look closely, I'm gonna read it for you real quick. It's very short. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Right, we are told that the earth was a formless void, darkness covered the face of the deep. Beyond that, we don't know anything about uh, life, uh, if I can use that term, what life was like before uh, for God, if you um, bend your mind a little bit or take psychedelic drugs, you might start thinking about this like time as a construct and eternity is this thing that is and isn't and always is and never was and um, there is no before creation and so forth. I am not um, talking about that in that like weird Neil deGrasse Tyson way or something. I'm just gonna take this story of creation for what it is right now and ask myself, ourselves what was God doing before all of this stuff right formless 
voids and the darkness covering the faces deep. It sounds really terrifying, and it also sounds, in my opinion, very lonely. Some lonely place to be. Maybe God was just sitting around, very bored, wanting someone to play with, someone to talk to, as many of us have experienced before. When I was a child, I used to play with um, a lot of toys that I think people in our generation are, are very nostalgic for these days. Um, micro machines, anybody? <laughs> just Eric, or micro machines, like Transformers, Ninja Turtles. Um, but I also remember times where I didn't have those toys and I played with random things, right? One time I remember playing with couch cushions. Right? I was standing on the couch, I imagined I was on a boat. I had uh, my cello paddle or bow as a paddle and I had thrown the couch cushions out on the floor, imagining they were like dolphins and like sea animals, right? The imagination of a child is so weird um, and bizarre, but somehow can also make something out of nothing, out of couch cushions, right? And if we are created in God's image, as this story also tells us later, uh, maybe we receive some kind of, some of that kind of imagination, right? That kind of imagination that it takes to make an entire universe full of weird stuff, uh, human beings, which are chief among them. In this need to create a world, we also see a need to relate to things, to interact, to see things, to be seen by them, right? Loneliness only really exists because of this need that we have, right? Without it, it wouldn't be, right? It is a rel relational emotion, loneliness, right? Born out of more than just being alone or in solitude. It comes because we fundamentally cannot stand a dark void, right? like God maybe. We try to create a life of relating to stuff. Right? That, and it's so important to us, it's such a part of who we are that when we do not do that, when we fail at it, when it is not offered to us, we are prone to fall into hell, as Virginia talked about two weeks ago. We are prone to fall into despair and all the subsequent illnesses and problems that come with it, both mental, physical, um, right? There's no hell without heaven. There's no loneliness without this fundamental humanness. The opposite of loneliness, which there isn't actually a great word for. Um, anybody refute me on that? An antonym for loneliness? All right, so point stands. There is no good word for the opposite of loneliness, right? Popular is actually the best one I came across, but I think it smacks a little too much of high school life, so I'm gonna disregard that one, right? Maybe a better word is something like togetherness, or uh, in the sense that I've been talking about in creation, just simply createdness, right? Because when we are alone or lonely, we can feel like we are back in a sort of primordial soup, right? That darkness and the void. When I think about experiences of loneliness, the first thing that comes to mind isn't actually my own, but I think about my grandmother. I'm gonna try to get through this without completely falling apart here. I might have shared this story before, but famously in grad school, I was supposed to give a sermon about an event, you could choose your own event, like a wedding, for example, you can give a wedding sermon. And I chose to do one that was a memorial service for my grandmother, I think it was like a 10-year memorial service for her. Um, 
she was a big part of my life until she died when I was 15. And I got through about two minutes of this sermon before I basically uh, fell apart and started crying and you know that really ugly, halted breath, um, snotty crying that you do. You just can't even talk and you just keep telling yourself in your mind, get it together, but you can't do it. I did that for like five more minutes and I just gave up. And, um, and the whole thing is on video. But I hope not to subject you to that today. I'm gonna be strong for, for Nima. This topic, however, makes me think about her, right? Because it's kind of strange for me to even ascribe something like uh, emotion, like loneliness to my grandmother, my grandmother, because she wasn't an emotional person. She didn't talk about her emotions. All I really saw from her was anger often. And she was closed off and Whatever she was going through, I had no idea. She kept to herself in a lot of ways. Korean people are famous for this kind of lack of expression and vulnerability. I'm working on it, guys, but it's part of who we are in many ways. Recently, I called my mother to sort of interview her about our family history because I'm part of this um, Asian American immigrant kids group that was actually started by Morgan Lee, um, for you guys who know her. and. Uh, I was talking to her, and after all these stories of war and people dying and uh, people who were, had to leave everything they knew in their home country to come to a place where they knew no one and didn't even speak the language, I kept asking about whether or not so-and-so was sad. I was like, was dad sad about that? Was our aunt sad about that thing? Was grandma sad when that happened? And finally, she was just like, Koreans are sad people. Right? We've been through a lot, which is true, right? The, all the wars and all this is very recent, even though it seems like a distant future or distant past. So was my grandmother lonely? She would never admit to such a thing, I think. Uh, but I can't help but imagine that in the final months and weeks of her life that she was sort of shuffled in and out of hospitals and inpatient care and some in a nursing home and finally in hospice, laid out in a bed through all of it, that she probably felt something like loneliness, right? Family couldn't be with her all the time what was she feeling when she was in those places by herself? Did she feel like we had abandoned her? Did she long to feel some comfort, some sense of love? I think the reason I cried during that sermon many years ago was because I felt a deep sense of guilt and shame. Right? The, the crux of that sermon or what I was going to say if I was able to get through it, um, and I had imagined that all my extended family on my, that grandmother's side would be in the audience as I was delivering these things, I would say to them, I would talk about how we had failed her in the last years and months and days of her life, that we had seen her uh, as a headache and not as a person, right? She, she was difficult in many ways. We did not band together to comfort her. Right? We weren't there for her. Of course, it's not that simple. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the only real emotion she expressed was anger. She was not an easy woman to have as a grandmother, let alone a mother. Can't imagine that. I found out in this interview with my mom that many of the choices that my aunts made, like moving away, marrying foreigners, right, scandalous things for a woman born in the 1910s, they were actually direct like, rebellions against my grandmother, this overbearing matriarch of the family. Perhaps our, these relatives didn't have a whole lot of love left to give to her at the end. And that's sad and heartbreaking in its own way. 
We've heard this expression, um, hurt people hurt people. There's no way for me to make the loneliness version of it sound as good, but you get the point, right? And in the same way, I think loneliness probably contributes to the loneliness of others. Our loneliness probably contributes to the loneliness of others because often when we are in that space, right, we turn inwards, right? we're unable to, and sometimes unwilling to offer others the very thing that we want ourselves. Back to our lonely God right? and this turn towards life that comes out of God's void, right? Towards the opposite of loneliness, towards creation. At last week's Welcome Table, we read these words from the writer Marilyn Robinson. I realize there's nothing more astonishing than a human face. It has something to do with incarnation. Any human face is a claim on you because you can't help but understand the singularity of it, the courage and loneliness of it. Uh, Marilyn Robinson's writings always have this sentiment to them. If you've read them, Gilead, Home, Lila. They always have this sentiment, this idea that there is something so miraculous, so divine in everything created, human beings in particular, blades of grass, all this stuff are inflamed with meaning and purpose. I was telling Virginia about this, or talking to her about this on the car ride down to that conference about how you know, some people have that disposition, right, where they can see the world as like so imbued with this stuff. And for others, like myself, it's a little bit more difficult, right? And you can see, perhaps you know people who are like that on the one Marilyn Robinson side where there's just like everything is wonderful and they're just like curious about all the things. And on the other side, there's people like me who are like mm, not too sure about that sometimes. But this thing she says I really love, something to do with incarnation, something to do with the idea that God is present in us. And incarnation is not used here as a sort of metaphysical term. And I don't think she uses it that way either. It's not a term about floating spirits and the presence of God descending like a dove and um, the spirit of Jesus comforting Jesus, right? It is a term about flesh and the very cells of our bodies, it means that in every feeling that we have that heavies our chest, that forces out our breath, we learn something, we know something about God. It means that our loneliness is a sacred thing because through it we have the power to say a word and there is light that is created. What I've learned from asking this question, did God create the world because God was lonely? I've learned that being human is realizing how astonishing a human face can be, or at least trying to. And a God who created us certainly sees our faces this way, and that means we have that capability as well. I'm going to read um, poem that I had included in this week's email, but in case you did not read it, it is At a Window by Carl Sandburg. Carl Sandburg, 
famous poets in the early 20th century lived in Chicago. The Chicago poems are renowned. Is that the right word? This one is called At a Window. Give me hunger, O you gods that sit and give the world its orders. Give me hunger, pain, and want. Shut me out with shame and failure. From your doors of golden fame, give me your shabbiest, weariest hunger. Believe me a little love, a voice to speak to me in the end, in the day end, a hand to touch me in the dark room, breaking the long loneliness. In the dusk of day shapes, blurring the sunset, one little wandering western star thrust out from the changing shores of shadow. Let me go to the window. Watch there the day shapes of dusk and wait and know the coming of a little love. If I can be um, a little blunt and straightforward here, what we ought to be doing for one another is offering a little love as Carl Sandburg puts it, right? We tend to do such a thing well when we are um, feeling great and secure and comfortable, whatever the opposite of loneliness might be. When we are feeling that way, it is easy. It feels natural to welcome and see other people and be in a relationship with them. As anyone knows who's actually been in a relationship of any type, um, the real challenge of a relationship is to do all that crap when you don't feel so amazing and comfortable and so on, right? I fear sometimes that as we do this necessary and honestly revolutionary, you know, at least for Koreans, right, this honest uh, revolutionary work of being vulnerable about all the difficult things in our lives are real shit that we experience. We might forget that we also have a lot of power to imagine and create things, right? that we have the power to uh, bring cushions to life right? as much as we do to look up from our own loneliness and see someone's astonishing face who needs a little love. Turn to your neighbor. I'm just kidding, sorry. <laughs> I would not do such a thing, it's not my style. <laughs> I just wanted to say that one time, but. <laughs> I won't ask you to do that, but I will end, <laughs> sorry, I will end by asking that you do at least take a moment to imagine your neighbor's face. And all the faces that might pop up in your mind as you do this, my grandmother's face, the face of that person who annoys you, the faces of the people hate you, for me, there are so many faces that hate me, it's true, as well as also the faces of those you love and those who love you, right? Let us imagine them with a godly and childlike imagination that can create something new, right, that can give new life all out of this loneliness that we have. Amen. <laughs>